1: Welcome to House of Cards, Dave Weishelto with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. I'm excited about this show because we are going to talk about a game most of us probably play, the lottery. Most of us probably have a lottery ticket in our wallet or in our pocket right now. A couple of weeks ago, we couldn't stop hearing about the lottery because of the $2 billion jackpot from Powerball. But like most people, I didn't know the history behind the game. Well, that all changed because I read For a Dollar and a Dream, State Lotteries in Modern America, a book written by Jonathan Cohen. It's an absolutely amazing book about the evolution and growth of this country's favorite game. When we come back, we're talking about the lottery with Jonathan Cohen. So stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. Hey, this is Dave Shadow from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of May 22, 2023. Betmakers Technology Group announced they have released a one-of-a-kind horse racing betting app. The New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement approved Mammoth Bets, which is the first legal mobile app for fixed-odds betting on horse racing in the United States. In a recent survey commissioned by Betmakers, 83% of U.S. horse players wanted a fixed-odds betting option in addition to a parimutuel wagering system online lottery platform jackpocket has received regulatory approval to launch an i in new jersey in 2021 jackpocket reached an agreement with caesar's interactive entertainment and harrah's atlantic city in order to propose an online casino in the garden state according to new jersey division of gaming enforcement there are technical and licensing approvals still needed in order for the online casino to launch and finally, for all you slot players who are also fans of classic monster movies, get on down to Pachanga Resort and Casino in Temecula, California. On April 27th, Light & Wonder debuted the first of its line of classic Universal Pictures monster slot machines. The new slot machine features Frankenstein's monsters who was actually at the casino to help cut the ribbon. Can't wait to check out the machine. Having news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation, send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishelder with you. Here at the radio show, we get a lot of books all the time, but I have just read the most interesting book we received in a long time. It's called For a Dollar and a Dream, State Lotteries in Modern America. It's about the history of a game that most of us play all the time. The author is Jonathan Cohen, and we are lucky to have the author of this great book on the line right now. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, First off, congratulations. I was talking to you off air. It's just absolutely an incredible book. And as I said, the lottery is something that people play all the time. I mean, you see advertisements everywhere for it. If you're in the grocery store or convenience store, you can't help see people play the lottery. But I'm curious, what inspired you to write a book about the history of the lottery in this country?
2: Yeah, I, I, I personally you know i, I don't uh, I don't have any experience with the lottery maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing you know i don't I don't have any uh, lottery winners in my family. I also don't have any you know problem gamblers or auntie, Aunt auntie Mary who lost all of her money on scratch tickets mm-hmm. i uh sort of went into graduate school a little bit of a, a product of the Great recession you know interested in this idea of the American dream and economic inequality economic opportunity and you know i i'm, I'm a I'm a board game player and I think I was sort of willing to take this this game. Uh, this form of entertainment sort of more seriously than a lot of other scholars might. Um, You might be familiar with the old adage, uh, gamblers don't read and readers don't gamble. Um, I think I found it actually the opposite is true. I think a lot of readers, a lot of gamblers are very heavy readers and are very interested uh, in the history of the games they play and the history of gambling writ writ large. uh, And all that sort of made this a perfect topic uh, for me and I hope for, for this moment in American
1: history. Now, when we're talking about the typical lottery player, who are we referring to? I mean, is it more of a blue collar game? Is it played more in the big cities and the rural areas of this country? I mean, your book really does an outstanding job looking at the history of who plays the lottery. But right now in America, when we're talking about the typical lottery player, who are we talking about?
2: Right. So so we're recording this in December. Right. So last month. Uh, in, in November, there was that big Powerball jackpot, yep, the $2.4 yep. $2. billion jackpot, right? So when, when jackpots like that come through, almost – every not everyone, but almost everyone buys a ticket. And mm-hmm. as a result, 50% of Americans buy a lottery ticket at least once a year. Wow! So if you look at the sort of average, quote-unquote, the average lottery player looks a lot like the average American because so many people play tickets – uh, at least once a year. But if you look at who's playing frequently and who are, for example, the one in eight Americans who play once a week, now we're talking about a group that is disproportionately less educated, disproportionately uh, non-white um, and disproportionately not the lowest income, but the sort of second tier of income folks with disposable income to play, but maybe not enough uh, opportunities elsewhere in the economy.
1: Well, well, certainly we know what players get out of the lottery, but in the early 60s, when New Hampshire became the first state to allow a state-run lottery, what was New Hampshire hoping to achieve? And for that matter, what do all states hope to achieve by allowing lotteries?
2: Yeah, well, and we we should get into New Hampshire, because I think mm-hmm. folks who are interested in the history of gambling should know about the games there, because they were absolutely insane compared <laughs> to what we have now. Um, but but I, I think that the, the equation for states is pretty simple, uh, is that it's pretty hard to find... Uh, state revenue that isn't from taxes and gambling and, and lotteries in particular are sort of one of the only ways to do that and lottery lotteries um in in the starting in the 60s and then after were just sort of considered less scandalous mm-hmm. than things like sports betting or casinos uh bingo actually in some states uh, you know you're you're in jersey new york new jersey were sort of some of the pioneers on the bingo front yeah um, but otherwise lotteries were were again Uh, an easier sort of entree uh, for states into the gambling economy.
1: You know, we're talking about the 60s. I'm wondering how much did the times affect the evolution of the lottery? I mean, in the 60s, we had difficult economic situations. Race relations was at a critical point. I mean, we were in the midst of the Vietnam War. How did the turbulent times really influence the creation of the modern state lottery?
2: Yeah, well, you set me up nicely because this is one of my, my key arguments in the book, which is, um, you know we think about gambling as inevitable, and you know lotteries have existed for for thousands of years in some form but i I, I think the American state lottery system as it, as it exists today is a response to particular circumstances of time and place. And uh, as you alluded to, I think the sort of tanking economy of the late 60s, early 70s uh, is what inspired states like New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, who are, are lottery pioneers, is what inspired them to, to take on the lotteries in the first place. And it, you know, the, in the immediate aftermath of World War II, states were able to raise uh, services without raising taxes. And as the economy soured, as inflation sort of took off in the 60s and 70s, as the Vietnam War took a larger share of the federal budget, that wasn't possible anymore. And that's what sort of prompted states starting in the Northeast to turn to lotteries as this new creative source of revenue.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, we're using the term modern state lotteries, but lotteries are not a new concept, as you point out in your book, you can find lotteries in the Bible. The Jamestown colony was helped a lot by a lottery. The founders of the U.S. used a lottery to get money for the Revolutionary War. So lotteries are not a new thing. I mean, but I, I'm I'm curious. It seems you didn't hear a lot about them until the end of the 20th century. It seemed like there was a lull in lotteries in the early 20th century. Is that what happened? Did lotteries fall out of favor earlier earlier in the 20th century and really seem to gain? Momentum in the later half of the twentieth century.
2: Yeah, and I'll and I'll, I'll be, be specific. There was a definite lull in legal okay. lotteries from right. uh, yeah. from the eighteen nineties through the nineteen sixties. Uh, in the eighteen nineties, you, you may have heard about um, there was this corrupt a lottery based in Louisiana that sold tickets all over the country. It was the last remaining state lottery, mm-hmm. and Congress finally – it was called the Golden Octopus, yep. uh, and Congress finally had to sort of take action and shut it down. Um, so lotteries go underground, and we can talk about uh, – you've already alluded to a little bit – these sort of uh, underground black numbers games sure, uh, sure. In, the north, in the Northeast and Rust Belt. So those are popular – it's starting in the 1890s, but really they take off from you know, mid-1920s through the 1960s, and that's when we started to get the the modern legal uh, state-run
1: lottery era. Well, let's get into that a little bit, especially in the 1960s, and New Jersey was the state that saw the biggest need for a state-run lottery. What was going on in New Jersey at the time, and how did New Jersey influence other states when it came to state-run lotteries?
2: Yeah, so, so New Jersey um, – is suffering a worse version of a problem that other states are experiencing, which is that the state needs more money, but voters are already sort of suffering under ta- under their tax burdens and don't want to shell out more, so the state needs a way to raise money without raising taxes. Um and then the other sort of another uh, special uh, uh situation in New Jersey is the prevalence of these illegal numbers games, especially in in Black and Latino communities, but not exclusively. There are a lot of uh, white working class folks, uh, blue collar folks, and working at their factory who would play the daily numbers there mm-hmm. as well. So what you get is um, a lot of uh, black numbers players, who I, I should say are sort of getting harassed by police. You know, the police. These games are illegal, and the the yeah. the are the impetus for a lot of sort of arbitrary police harassment in urban America. So you get a lot of those folks on one side who want a legal lottery because they think it will end police harassment. And on the other side, you have all these white suburban homeowners who don't want to pay more taxes, who still want state services. And because of all this illegal gambling, they think that a lottery will be a windfall and that this is, there's all this money that's already being spent on gambling. And you know all we have to do is legalize the lottery. Um, so just to answer the second half of your question, New Jersey – Uh, solve some of these problems the new hampshire and the new york lotteries the first two were just absolute duds the games Mm -hmm. were so complicated they're based on these historical horse races and they're sort of like raffle type games it's just not even worth getting into and the ticket tickets are expensive you have to like write your name on all of them and the new jersey just is like all right we're just gonna have a weekly lottery and we're just going to do away with it. And then pretty quickly, they like, okay, we're going to add a daily numbers as well. So they really, um, they have cheaper tickets, faster drawings, faster payouts. Uh, and that's what really sparks the spread of state lotteries uh, across the region uh, in the early 70s.
1: Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards.
0: You're listening to House of Cards. I'm talking sick piles of money. I'm talking lay on your bed in your Vegas room, throw the money in the air, and dance as it showers down on your money. I'm talking frosted glass limo money. I'm talking big cowboy hat silver turquoise buckle money. I'm talking gambling.
1: I am in love with you. (laughs) Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishato with you. This portion of House of Cards is brought to you by SCCG Management, delivering technology-driven capability expertise and customer and business value to the gaming industry for over 30 years. For more information, go to sccgmanagement.com. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Jonathan Cohen, author of For a Dollar and a Dream, State Lotteries in Modern America. You know, you mentioned illegal gambling. I mean, one of the arguments in the debate on whether to allow legal state lotteries is a presence of organized crime and illegal gambling. I mean some felt it would stimulate organized crime and others felt it would take away money from the mob and put them out of business. I mean right. we're we're kind of having that same debate now about sports betting in this country. Has either side of of the debate been proven wrong or right or or is that still to be determined?
2: Yeah, I mean, th- what's tough is, like, if you take that argument to its logical extreme, then, like, oh, the state should, like, sell heroin yeah, because, yeah. oh, heroin is happening anyway, so should the state sell heroin? Like, I don't, I don't think so. I think that there's a line somewhere. Um, I, I think one thing that has been proven wrong uh, is this belief that, oh, all these people who are already betting – um, they're the only ones who are going to play once it's legal. Like all oh, legalization is just going to capture money that's already being spent on gambling. Yeah. That has been proven time and time again to be untrue that we've seen uh, in, in lotteries, in sports betting now with marijuana legalization, that legalization of a product increases the audience and increases the number of people who participate. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing necessarily. Just that argument that this is already happening illegally, illegally, so we might as well legalize, that has, has fallen short time and time again.
1: You know, I, I like the fact that you brought up the people who play the lottery. And one of the uh, sections of I found very interesting in your book is – the mindset of some people who play the lottery. I mean, some people who prayed to win the lottery and and you brought up an interesting court case about uh, people praying to God and the saints and helping them win. And it was a very interesting court case that you brought up. I'm going to tease that so people can pick up the book and read about it. And then some other people felt they Deserve to win because of the type of person they were. And uh, and even on this show, we've had a lot of professional gamblers come on this show who were selling books. And one of the sections of their books that they've written was how to play the lottery better. I mean, I didn't know they could right. do that, but OK, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Buy, mean, buy more tickets. That yeah. Yeah. Better. But, but <laughs> in writing this book, did you find that a lot of people believe that they actually have some kind of small control over the outcome of the lottery drawing?
2: absolutely and i right. think we 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 see this we see this in a lot more ways than you might think i think the the practice of playing special numbers is a sort of a form of exerting control the practice and this is really weird but it is established in a in a major study the practice of picking which store you buy your tickets from <laughs> even though every store can sell the same tickets you especially if you're playing like powerball every style, store can sell a ticket with the same numbers but people go and this is borne out in a major study. People go to stores where winners have bought their tickets thinking that the luck will somehow rub off on them. Um, and then the, the the most sort of pervasive practice and one that's sort of invisible and sort of below the surface and, and that you alluded to are folks who pray uh, to win the lottery or use positive thinking or affirmations to the thinking that it will help them win. Um and in the process uh, as i argue they sort of take the lottery which is the quintessential uh form of chance and yeah. randomness in society and they transform it into what what part of the meritocracy something that rewards the just and the deserving and where a, a way for good things to happen to good people which is just totally uh let's say, not borne out by mathematical reasoning <laughs> yeah, right. uh, at the very least.
1: I, I love the term that you quoted. They call it the culture of control. I, I thought it was such an interesting conversation in the book.
2: Yeah. And, and just to, to explain, so the, the culture of control is this belief that good things happen to good people, bad things happen yep. to bad people. Um, and I see one, one example of this, and I, I have been write, write about it as much in the book, but I've, I've written about it elsewhere, um, is the myth of the miserable lottery winner. <laughs> the belief, and it's a total myth, the belief that bad things happen to lottery winners because they didn't really deserve their money, so they suffer some comeuppance mm-hmm. uh, because they don't know how to handle it. And it's totally not true. Lottery winners do just fine, by and large. There's like five examples of lottery winners who lost their money and those get quoted in every single article um, that perpetuates this story. Uh, But this belief that that we want to have that these people who are luckier than us don't actually deserve it uh, is just so pervasive. And the fact that everyone knows about this myth, but the fact that it is an actual myth, uh, I think is really telling.
1: You know, one of the things that really spurred the growth of the lottery was the work of a company called Scientific Games. And for people out there, they're still around. They're now called Light and Wonder. I, they changed their name. I don't know why they changed their name.
2: They changed so, it like every five years yeah, to avoid lawsuits a, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I,
1: guess, I guess so. It's, it's Light and Wonder now. But, but tell us about the company, Scientific Games, and what was their effect on the lottery in this country?
2: Yeah, it's 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 absolutely huge, and it's a totally uh, unknown story that I was, that I was happy to uh, uncover. So, Scientific Games uh, is the creator of Scratch Tickets, um, it, which debut in Massachusetts in 1974, um, and sort of quickly saturate the the nation. Um, but until 1977, lotteries are confined in the urban and uh, excuse me, they're confined in the Northeast. Um, there are only 14 states, um, and Lo- Scientific Games is sort of selling its its scratch tickets like hotcakes. But it wants to expand the market. Uh, it needs more states to legalize lotteries so that it can sell more scratch tickets. Um, and what it does in in Arizona, in Oregon, California, the District of Columbia, Missouri, Iowa, uh, Colorado is it swamps. The initiative process so these are states where you know a voter or any person can sort of get collect signatures put a ballot initiative uh, uh, on the on the ballot for voters to to, to decide if 50 percent of people say yes th- that law goes through no amount of of governors or le- state legislators can interfere so what scientific games does is it pays companies to gather signatures it writes the bills themselves it pays advertising and it puts these lottery bills on the ballot and tells people, "Hey, a lottery in California, for example, isn't about educa it isn't about gambling it's about education." And in Colorado, the lottery in Colorado isn't about uh, gambling. It's about public parks. And if you support public parks, you should support the lottery. And they passed the lottery in, in all these states that I mentioned. I um, mean, that's really what sparks their spread in the mid-1980s. Um, and, you know, Scientific Games, for their part, you know, wins the contract in basically all of these states uh, and sort of living high on the land on, on these this 10% uh, or so of, of – of every lottery dollar um, that goes to administration costs.
1: You know, Scientific Games seemed to shift the proposal for the lotteries to focus more on specific government programs. Was that the blueprint going forward? That lotteries were not money going to the states, it was money going to the states for a specific purpose. Is that what happened after Scientific Games?
2: Yeah, that's about right. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, and the quotes that you've seen from New Jersey are just crazy. People really thought that a lottery was going to solve all of their state's financial problems. They really thought it was going to be they were never going to have to pay taxes again, because there was going to be a lottery. Um, And you know, evidence by the late 70s shows that that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than sort of put the money in the general fund for you know it'll make a it'll make a small difference, but it won't really change anything. What Scientific Games does is particularize the promise of the lottery. They say we're going to help this one specific program, um, and that's what's on the ballot. Um, so yes, uh, you're exactly right where they where they make it more specific and. To their credit, it absolutely works because they win uh, all, basically every every vote that they get involved in.
1: Now, Scientific Games is a private company. How much did the private sector affect the growth of the lottery in the United States?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, So – as I mentioned, ar- around 10% of lottery every lottery dollar goes to the administration costs, and that includes um, advertising. Uh, there's another, I should say, 5 to 6% that goes to the retailers that sell and cash tickets. So without um, you know, retailers, and, and it took a little while, but eventually sort of lotteries settled on convenience stores, grocery stores, liquor stores as sort of their, their stable base of, of retailers, Um, without those kind of, that that kind of built in market, the lotteries would have spread a lot more slowly or the lotteries would be a lot smaller than they are today. Um, and and sort of similarly on the back end, a lot of these companies. Not just scientific games, but some of their competitors and even some smaller companies along the way were really integral in providing, you know, computer services, ticket services, advertising services um, that helped lotteries grow. Because if you think about it, this is a brand new industry when it starts. And these companies, have these, these state officials, a lot of them are FBI, former FBI officials, because states are so worried about organized crime that they bring in all these FBI agents to run the state lotteries. And they have no idea how to run a gambling game. They don't have, they've, you know they have no background in this stuff, and it's these companies who are able to sort of kickstart the process and then ultimately sort of they have a, they have a lot of say uh, in the process and they're, and they're the ones who are innovating and creating new games, creating new ways to play, creating new cost of tickets, uh, dividing new advertising, um, and they're really an understated and overlooked part uh, of the American gambling
1: economy stick around. we'll be right back with more house of cards.
3: Some people like knocking boots. How to do. While others get lucky. And some just get it on. No matter how you do it or what you call it, Adam and Eve makes your whoopee hot with 50% off almost any one sexy item. Just enter offer code BOOTS2 at checkout and get 50% off plus 10 free gifts, including free shipping. First, get busy with a gift for you, shake the sheets with something exciting for them, and hit a home run with a third item you'll both enjoy. Sounds like someone hit the sweet spot. Plus, six free bonus gifts that It'll make you say, bow-chicka-wow-wow. Adam and Eve is tapping that offer. Oh, yeah. With 50% off and 10 free gifts, including free shipping. Use offer code BOOTS2 at adamandeve.com now. That's offer code BOOTS2. BOOTS2 at adamandeve.com. You're
0: listening to the
3: House of Cards.
0: Why, you cheap crook, stealing a baby's bank. It's only a lend-lease. I figured a bet on the 50-to-1 shot and double the baby's money. Why, you imbecile. Why don't you pick a 100-to-1 shot
3: and triple it? Oh, okay.
1: Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave shuttle with you. House of Cards is brought to you by BetMGM Casino. Play your favorite casino games at BetMGM Online Casino. Slots, table games, live dealer games, everything you love about Atlantic City and Vegas, all online at BetMGM. Go to BetMGM Casino, create an account using our promo code TURNPIKE, and become a verified player. New players get $25 free when signing up, plus a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code TURNPIKE. At BetMGM.com for a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 plus $25 free. Must be 21 years or older to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Jonathan Cohen, author of For a Dollar and a Dream, State Lotteries in Modern America. Now, you mentioned the Powerball jackpot uh, a couple of weeks ago, and and recently lottery jackpots have grown to astronomical levels. I mean, when I was growing yeah. up in New Jersey, New York area, I remember the news reports and all the hype around lotto and lotto mania that you referred to in your book. You, you brought back memories <laughs> when, when it came- of, of, of the $40 million jackpot
2: that would freak everybody out. And nowadays, like yeah, $40 million is like you don't even get out of bed for it.
1: I, I mean, but I was in the store a couple of weeks ago, and and someone was in front of me, and they asked their friend, "Are you, you going to buy the lottery?" And they said, "No, it's only twenty million this week." And I was like, "What are people thinking?" <laughs> but 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 when it comes to prizes offered, what's changed in the business practices of the lottery to allow these prizes to get so big? I mean, are were people just expecting bigger and bigger prizes as time went on? Is that what they had to do to accommodate their customers?
2: that's That's definitely a big part of it, and, and it's what a lottery officials call jackpot fatigue, yeah. uh, which is what you know the forty million dollar jackpot that set New York aflame in 1984. <laughs> yeah. you know now that's just sort of the starting point, or until 2020 that was a starting point for Powerball and mega millions. Um, on, on the business side, on the industry side, a lot of it has to do with the rise of multi state games. Um, so what you're recalling from New Jersey and New York, these were only in the states themselves and states did have a little bit of an arm an arms race where New Jersey would lower its odds of winning to help create bigger jackpots. And then New York would lower its odds of winning to create bigger jackpots. So they were sort of competing with one another. And then eventually states started banding together. Uh, and in 1987 is where we get the sort of a game called lotto America, lotto America that is ultimately going to become Powerball, And this is a group of small states. Who, are, who basically can't compete with all the big states nearby um, to, to offer bigger jackpots. And eventually, nowadays, we have Powerball and Mega Millions, both of which are available in all 45 lottery states, mm-hmm. which is how we get these astronomical jackpots. Uh, I'd say the other factor is the absolutely terrible odds of winning. Um, but people don't really care about the odds of winning. They just care about how big, how big the jackpot is when they do win.
1: You know, we talked about the media, but I'm curious, what was the effect of advertising on the growth of the lottery? I mean, I'm I'm here in New Jersey. I get all the lottery ads from New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. By the way, Pennsylvania actually has a recurring character in their lottery ads, Gus the Groundhog, who is the second most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania after Punxsutawney Phil. But how, how did advertising affect the growth of the lottery?
2: Yeah, well, I would say lottery advertising today, uh, maybe Gus aside, uh, <laughs> is a lot a lot more tame than it used to be. Okay. It used to be really in your face. It used to be really like, hey, hey, you, you're gonna win the lottery, or hey, winning the lottery is really fun. You should buy a ticket. Um, and and lotteries have sort of calmed that down in part because they know they can't keep promising people a jackpot when when people sort of generally know the odds of winning are terrible. Um, but but that was that definitely helped inculcate. Uh, the desire for wealth, the desire to win. And advertising absolutely helped make lottery playing a daily or weekly or monthly practice for a lot of people. Um, The other side, and and we can get into this in more detail, is the lottery has created a belief, a mistaken belief, but a belief that the lottery is solving all states' financial problems or that some the massive share of lottery dollars goes to the state, which is not the case, um, and that has sort of warped people's belief about all the good the lottery does or doesn't do, um, and then how much states uh, have to work with uh, on the financial side, thanks to thanks to the gambling uh, the gambling world.
1: Well, let's talk about a state and a state that's been in the news recently, um, and it was one a very interesting topic in your book for a dollar and a dream state lotteries in modern America. Was the effect of the issue of the lottery, what it had on the effect of the politics of Georgia? I mean, uh, Governor Zell Miller won an election because one of his main issues was the lottery. In fact, he called his election the referendum on the lottery. And he also had the HOPE program, which was an important program when he was governor, which involved the lottery. Tell us about the effect that the lottery had on the state of Georgia.
2: Sure. And, and I'll just by way of background, you know, lotteries, um, maybe listeners will probably not be surprised to hear sort of took a while to get into the south mm-hmm. uh, yeah. compared to other parts of the country um, because of, you know, the large evangelical uh, Christian population, which has been sort of the most vocally um, against lotteries uh, in, in every in basically every state. Um, but but Zell Miller, who you, who you alluded to, um, who is sort of the central character uh, in the lottery story in Georgia, he's basically a governor. Uh, a, excuse me, a Democrat running for governor at a time when the state is turning more and more Republican. And his sort of Hail Mary uh, last ditch effort to win the governorship, uh, which he does both in 1992 um, and then 1996. Um, I, I might have those years wrong. It might be 1990, 1994. Um, excuse me. What what he does to win two gubernatorial elections is he basically bets everything, pun intended, uh, on the lottery. And um, he says, as you alluded to, the lottery is – he basically turns it into a referendum for education. And this is is sort of the the genius part. It's not lottery for education in the way that it is in New York. And in New York, every lottery dollar that goes into the education fund, one standard dollar comes out. So the lottery doesn't actually help education. It doesn't supplement education. Uh, uh, money that's spent on education, it just supplants it. And Zell Miller says, "Oh, I'm going to fix that by creating these brand new education programs that are going to be, be that are going to appear out of thin air." Once we enact the lottery, and there and there are two of them. One is universal pre kindergarten programs, uh, which are which are great, and I think more states should look into. And the other, as you alluded to, is the Hope Scholarship, uh, which is an in state uh, college uh, tuition grant uh, for Georgia students to go to Georgia universities. Um, so this is meant to sort of inspire more kids to go to college, and then especially inspire more kids to go to in state uh, colleges and universities. Uh, an ironic result, a consequence. Is that because it's a merit based scholarship rather than a need based scholarship? Uh, we get a lot of um, poor, blacker, uh, uh, black and brown, uh, low income. Uh, families who are buying lottery tickets and the sh- people going to school on the scholarships are disproportionately white middle- class suburbanites uh, that's a, that's a separate issue that we can get into but it is totally the hope scholarship and anyone you know from Georgia is familiar with the Hope scholarship has totally changed uh, the politics and the economics um, of, of education in Georgia for the last uh, 20 plus years
1: you know what was interesting to me was the incredible growth of the lottery in this country to the point where there are only five states that do not have a lottery those states are Alabama, Alaska, Hawaii, Utah, and surprisingly, Nevada. Do you see these states ever get in the lottery, or they're just holdouts and they're never going to accept the lottery in their border?
2: So Alabama's been trying to for almost 20 years or over 20 years. They elected uh, Don Siegelman governor in 1998, sort of on the promise of the lottery. And then the following year voters rejected a referendum for a lottery. So I don't know what's going on down there. Um, uh, You know, Mississippi enacted a lottery in 2018. So I thought that that would sort of spark uh, uh, Alabama to get its stuff together. And, and so far it just hasn't Um, Utah, uh, Hawaii, you may know are the only two States without any form of legalized gambling altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think it's in the cards there. Uh, Alaska has very limited tribal racing uh, tribal gaming and dog racing but you know I don't I don't think the the uh, geography of Alaska is particularly well suited um to a state lottery though I also felt that way about Wyoming and then they proved me wrong so what do I know um and then Nevada I mean you said it's ironic I think the the casino um operators and anyone who's been to Nevada knows there's slot machines and and blackjack machines in every uh supermarket they don't want competition <laughs> uh for for the for that dollar so that's uh, i don't i don't think it's happening anywhere other than alabama which i would keep my eye on for the next couple of years
1: do you think the lottery achieved what the state's hoped it would achieve for them ha- has has it reached its goal or has it has it fallen short of some of the promises the state's have uh, alluded yeah. to for the lottery yeah
2: it's a good question <sighs> on paper They've achieved their goal in that they've raised, uh, I think, by last I checked, it was like 252 billion over the course over the entire lifetime um, for states, uh, which is which is great, and that's a lot of money, and that's a lot of money Americans would have had to pay in taxes that they now they didn't have to. Um, but it has absolutely not fallen, not not met the promise in terms of what the expectations were, and that's a part of partly the fault of the fact that expectations were just so high. Mm-hmm. And the hopes, um, whether in in New Jersey in the 60s, in California in the 80s, in Georgia in the 90s, that a lottery was going to solve all their state's budget problems, solve all their state's education problems, solve, you know, create this brand new scholarship, which actually did not exist before and does now. So, yes, They've and one on the one hand they've raised a lot of money and it's been great. On the other hand, compared to what states expected, what they hoped for, compared to you know, how the lottery lottery is only a relatively small, 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 small share of states' total income, they've absolutely fallen short.
1: Where do you think the lottery is headed in the future? I mean, I'm of the age where if I bought a lottery ticket, it's either at a grocery store or a convenience store. But now people are buying tickets online through things like Jackpot. Is the lottery headed online or will people continue to get tickets from the stores or the grocery stores and convenience stores? Um, Where do you think people can expect the lottery to go to in the future?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think that that's a it's a it's a good question. There are definitely – I think we're always going to have the the in-person component, and there are always going to be folks um, who want to sort of feel the scratch ticket in their hands uh, kind of thing. Lotteries are absolutely pushing um, both online and then also in some states – I'm from Massachusetts originally where until very recently you could only buy tickets in cash. And they're trying to sort of move, move, move us uh, into into the cashless economy. Um, online definitely seems to be the future, uh, but I actually don't know how well it's going to go because indications are that that Gen Z and and millennials are just not interested in lotteries uh, to the degree that that older generations are. Um, you know, I wonder with things like with crypto, with with Robinhood, um, with with sports betting now, um, if that revenue is just being spent elsewhere, and folks you know feel like they have a better chance. Or a, a better chance at winning uh, in, in some of these other places um, where they also, you know, it's not a total crapshoot, uh, pun intended, um, uh, as to how, how, much, how much they're going to get back. So the states are going online with the attempt to appeal to these betters, but I think there's going to need to be more done um, if states, you know, want to get younger folks on the, on the line. Um, there's going to need to be a, a lot more than just creating a new app uh, to do so.
1: Jonathan, we're running out of time, but where can people pick up your book for a dollar and a dream state lotteries in modern America? And if you have a website or a social media address that you want to give out, please feel free to do so.
2: Uh, sure. Thank you. My website is just Jonathan D. Cohen dot uh, com book uh, available anywhere books are sold, including Audible, uh, where there's a, a great audiobook book version. Um, and I'm always happy if folks have. You know lottery stories, uh, questions about lottery history. I'm always happy to, to meet with folks and, and conduct interviews like this one and, and answer questions um, about what I think is a really important topic that, that reveals a lot about American society
1: and American culture. Jonathan Cohen, author of For a Dollar in a Dream, State Lotteries in Modern America, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the book. The lottery is something that some people play every day, and it was so interesting learning about the history behind the game. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards.
0: Attention. has. Has ever offered. Call 800 353 2174. 800 353 2174. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call 800
1: 353 2174.
3: 800 353 2174. One Stop Tax Relief Shop.
0: People got to win sometimes.
3: Oh, if you'll excuse me,
1: I have a giant colorful chick to deposit. Being the House is brought to you by BetMGM Casino. Play your favorite casino games at BetMGM Online Casino. Slots, table games, live dealer games, everything you love about Atlantic City and Vegas, all online at BetMGM. Don't wait. Join in the fun now. Go to BetMGM Casino, create an account using our promo code TURNPIKE, and become a verified player New players get $25 free when signing up, plus a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code TURNPIKE at BetMGM.com for a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 plus $25 free. Grab a lion's share of the fun at BetMGM.com. Must be 21 years or older to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: Welcome to another edition of Beat in the House. I'm Doug Weishaupt here with Dave Weishaupt. We're here to crisscross the country to talk about some of the biggest jackpots that I've heard that have occurred in the casino and lottery industries over the past week. Um, as always, press releases keep them coming in. We're getting more and more each week. Um, it's always great to learn about some of the new games we have, and um, you know we've got a couple different press releases that were sent to us uh, all around the country this week, and we're going to start off. Right now, in Sacramento, California.
1: Okay, Sacramento. We,
4: we have the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Sacramento. All right. Did not know there was a no I, did, no, I didn't. I, no no. I apologize to Hard Rock International. Yeah, Did Sacramento. not know you had one in Sacramento. Uh, but we have here, a, and I don't know why they phrased it this way, a mystery player. They want
1: to remain anonymous. Oh, yeah. yeah. well, Is that how they said it in the uh, press release? Yeah, a, a, a mystery player? player a mystery player
4: okay. $1.2 million. Wow. $1,272,905.89 on the Ultimate Firelink Explosion Machine provided by Light & Wonder, $3.75 wager. Wow. Nice. So that okay. that's a good return on your investment <laughs> nice. if you want to look yeah. at it that way. So $1.2 million to the... Quote, unquote, mystery player.
1: Now, is that our first jackpot out of Sacramento? I don't remember a Sacramento this, jackpot that we've, we've had, we have reported on.
4: We've had lots of California jackpots. I think this is the first one from Sacramento.
1: Hey, by the way, you, you mentioned Light and Wonder. Did you see the new slot? That they have out, Frankenstein. Yes, they that's just they just cool. announced that yet. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I didn't know they have a whole line. I guess they're going to have a whole line of Universal Pictures classic monsters. Yeah, the movie monsters. Yeah, yeah. which I guess they had. Uh, the first one is Fra- uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. It, Very over cool. Over in uh, Pachanga, I
4: think it's, it's in Pachanga and also now Win Vegas. Oh, okay. So it's in two places right now. Well, I cool. hope it comes to the East Coast. Yeah, I'd like to do that. L- looking yeah, looking at some of the the video of it that we that was released. Uh, very cool to see exactly the way Frankenstein has worked in. They've yeah. got the free game, electricity, oh, the yeah. music, I like Pachanga.
1: They actually had Frankenstein cutting the ribbon. So, yes. Uh, good yes. for
4: them. So. Um, actually, we're going to be leaving California now. All right. We're going to Arizona. Glendale, Arizona, to be exact. We've got a jackpot coming out of the Desert Diamond Casino, West Valley. That's one of the four Desert Diamonds that are in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is, like I said, West, West Valley, the Glendale, Arizona property. Alexis V, and we've got a little uh, New Jersey here to talk about, Okay, was playing the Sinatra New York slot machine.
1: Oh, okay.
4: I know I said New York there, but... Sinatra's Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but uh no I I I've actually never seen that. I I would think it would be big in Atlantic City in New Jersey, but I would I have guess... thought it'd be there already, but I haven't seen Is it. Is it? I don't know. It might I, be. I don't It I could be on the floor. But uh she uh
4: she was all smiles. When they gave her the check for a progressive jackpot on the Sinatra machine for eight hundred and forty-two thousand nine hundred eighty-four dollars and five cents, okay, and she now joins the winner circle who have won progressive jackpots of, I think it's at least five hundred thousand or more. Okay, and it's very, it's a very cool property, Desert Diamond. By the way, if you've never been to one of their properties, they all are great properties. They're they run extremely well. Great management. Uh, This one, the West Valley, more than 1,400 slot machines. Poker, blackjack, roulette, craps, baccarat. Very cool, very cool place to uh, actually win a good chunk of change there. Yeah, no. So uh... congratulations to Alexis.
1: I'm assuming the Sinatra slot machine has, you know... Songs right. For, play? First of all, I what can't which song did it play with the jackpot? I'm I can't curious. believe
4: you just asked that since you did an entire story on did it in the gaming report oh, when really? it first came out. Yes, what
1: would I say? Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it it does it does have a bunch of different music in it. it oh, I don't know okay. which one this played. for Well, the I assume dressing. it would. You know, yeah, but I'm 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 just saying I don't know what it played for this. They have got multiple songs in there. Oh, Okay, uh, I know they have the New York, New York uh, well, song. Well, yeah, in what's there. the name of it? Yeah, so. so. And it's actually Sinatra New York, New York slot machine. That's the actual name of it. So if you've seen it and you love Frank Sinatra, go play it because it looks like a really fun game.
1: Uh, Apparently it pays out too.
4: We're now leaving the West Coast and we're going to Kentucky. Okay. I don't think we've ever had anyone from Kentucky. No. no. If it's not a lottery. I think we've had Kentucky Lottery on the past. I don't remember. We have Lexington, Kentucky. We're going to Red Mile Racing and Gaming wow okay. now just so everyone knows is this
1: one of those kind of racinos that everyone talks about it's a
4: racino it's... but there's also two well, different... do they
1: call them a racino in kentucky
4: uh this one they just call a red mile racing okay game. so but uh they have two different two different twitter handles by the way in case you want to follow this they have red mile racing which is the horse track that's strictly their twitter handle okay uh, and they have red mile racing gaming which is the casino okay and you just got to this is a first time for us. We've never had anyone, a casino from Lexington.
1: So is it Red Mile KY, which is Kentucky? Red Mile KY is In their Twitter? Twitter handle for okay. those guys. All right.
4: Uh, we've got a record high jackpot coming out of Red, Red Mile. Wow. $414,453.97 um, from the Blue Bolt 777 machine. I've absolutely never heard of that. No, neither have I. Nope. But... uh this happened on the patron's birthday. Oh, wow. So Good there you happy go. Happy birthday, whoever happy won. 414 k That's wow. a great birthday yeah, present right boy. there. Okay, we're leaving Kentucky. We are now heading up to Connecticut. Oh, all right. Uh, Mohican Sun. Okay, I like Mohican Sun. We got two Mohican Sun players combining for a $400,000 prize package, I guess if you want to call it that. Interesting. Two different ways they won. Uh... A Florida resident was up there visiting, hit the straight flush Caribbean stud jackpot for a hundred and seventy-five grand wow. on on a Sunday. And then two days later, we have an East Haven, Connecticut, a local, okay, hitting a double diamond double diamond Spanish twenty-one jackpot for two hundred and twenty-three thousand five hundred and fifty-nine dollars. Wow. So within two days, about four hundred grand came out of Mohegan Sun.
1: So um Congratulations to both those I li- winners. I like Mohegan Sun. They ha- they have a, a really good Italian restaurant near the waterfall, right in the middle yes. there, kind of like a thing. And then upstairs, they I, I I don't I forgot the name of these places, but they have a really good Irish pub that I ate in. It was uh, I forgot the name of it in, Mo- in
4: uh, Mohegan Sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it's like it's upstairs. It, it kind of looks like you walk out into kind of a mall type setting. I'm from New Jersey, so I characterize everything in a mall. You go into the mall section. <laughs> But no, there was one Italian place in the middle. It's like in the center of it. Where I, I don't know the name of it. And again, I don't know the name of the really good Irish pub that I went to upstairs.
4: Well, interestingly enough, not only were these two days apart, they both occurred in the same area of the casino. Oh, okay. The uh, They were both one near the Wolf Den in the Casino of the Earth.
1: We should probably explain yes, something. There,
4: there, there are different
1: sections of the casino uh, Well, th- named after. You know, the Wolf Den... I I from what I remember that's kind of the bar in the center of the gaming floor and, and right? the entertainment stage and the entertainment stage yeah. in the center of the but then every section of the casino is is it's, it like the casino of the sun and the casino of the if you think about it it's, it's set up like that.
4: a compass four different directions yes yes and sun you know and and also the ceiling is one of the nicest ones. Uh, it, that I've no, seen. absolutely. It's, it's a night sky. It,
1: it's a beautiful casino, yes. and I, I know the Wolf's Den. It's the an entertainment bar yes. kind of area section of the you know front in the middle
4: of the gaming it, floor. It, once you go into, once you get into Mohegan Sun, you it can't might not miss
1: be it. a bar. Is it a bar? I'm. I think it's, it's a bar. It, it's so. a
4: bar. There's a bar in there.
1: Okay, yeah, but it's right. really the entertainment station. Right. So
4: and when they, when uh, certain days like Saturdays and Sundays, um, last time I was there, they had a band playing. Well, during the day,
1: they had a. You know, is this the one? that they, they had a New Jersey tribute band. Oh, Bon with, Jersey, Bon Jersey. Yes, so I guess they were doing Bon Jovi. Yep, that's so. What apparently, they were doing, they're bon pretty Jersey. popular. They, they must be pretty good because every time I, 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 they were there a couple times when I, when I was at uh, Mohegan Sun. Two Jersey guys yep. walking to Mohegan Sun. Oh my God! They have something called Bon Jersey.
4: Well, I, I remember they were there in Mohegan then. The next time I saw them, or they were there at the same time I was, they were in Twin River. All right. Okay. And then I saw them. That's what
1: I mean. They must be pretty popular yeah. there. They they seem to be making the New England, well, when we were when yeah, we were when going we, there. When we were, oh, yeah, when we were doing our circuit. Yeah. we were doing our I don't
4: know how else to phrase that one, but yeah. but anyway. Uh, but by, I saw bon, Jer- bon Jersey on the marquees on certain the ones in the Lang yeah. City casinos, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so they're down oh, here, oh, too. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back. Little plug out-
1: for Bon, bon Jersey. Jersey. I'm assuming they're a Bon Jovi tribute band. Or- I would.
4: Yeah, I would yeah, assume so. so. Um, going back out to Nevada, we're going to Caesars Palace. We've got a, and this is the consistent entry we always get. And Caesars Rewards members always play video poker. I don't know why that is, but the majority of them are always playing video poker the Game King video poker machine has paid out again. Wow, okay. $100,000 jackpot. Nice. The winner got four aces with a four kicker. Okay. Right? So congratulations to the $100,000 jackpot winner. Going over to, uh, you know what? I'm going to skip one news report and go to a specific uh, book, a thing here. We have a sports bet. Okay. We don't normally do sports bets here.
1: Well, we should. We
4: have we should. Betfred Sportsbook Colorado. Okay. Uh, we have a massive win by a Colorado better. That's their words. Massive win. Massive win. Turned a $500 promotional bet. Ooh, wow. Was that one of those? uh... You deposit and you get the bonus bet. Yeah, you get like a bonus bonus thing. thing. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Uh, Nine-leg baseball parlay, the $500 promotional bet, ended up giving the player $233,618.77. As a matter of fact, his last leg was won on a comeback victory. Wow! Yes. Boy, boy, he was sweating it, huh? Yes, the Texas Rangers came back from being down four to one and won the game in the last inning. Wow! So, those those
1: are the best kind of they're the best times to do bets like that. Yes. You know, you you just had a birthday, happy yep. birthday, by the way. Yep, and Thank you, you, you know the uh, sports books give you you know. For your birthday, you know here here's like a five dollar bet. Yeah, you have to bet something on a sport. That's the kind that's
3: that's that's the the time to to do it. it, You know, you got a
1: five dollar free bet. You know what? You're playing with house money. Do like a twelve leg parlay. Who knows? Hey, you're not you're not you know it's not your money, so you know might as well uh, give it a shot. Exactly. That that's a good way to use it right there. That's when you do parlays. That's when you know if you if you got like a promotional bet and stuff like that or
4: or 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 if you know you have extra cash and you're not gonna you know you're not gonna fret about it yeah yeah throw it down on a parlay see what happens yeah 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 i mean especially but you shouldn't you really shouldn't make parlays your only way. no 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 i'm I'm, I'm,
1: I'm just saying like when you get these promotional bets hey here here's five dollar bonus bet for your birthday that's when
4: you do it well we're gonna go to some press releases here we've got igt every month igt sends out a press release uh, detailing what's been paid out in the Wheel of Fortune games, the Mega Bucks, the Power Bucks, mm-hmm. all those different jackpot machines. Uh, according to IGT, in April, three jackpots totaling more than $17 million wow. was paid out on those three machines. Uh, going through the thing, the Mega Bucks slot player won $14 million at Reno. That was a historic jackpot yeah, from I, Reno. I remember that one, yeah. Yep, at the Atlantis. Uh, the Mega Bucks Mega Vault. At the Atlantis, that's what pulled out the fourteen million. Kind of, if you think about it now, I'm looking at the seventeen million dollar announcement. Fourteen went to one person. Wow! So uh, that's kind of cool. A- <laughs> April fifteenth, Wheel of Fortune slots player won two point three million in you know, United States, three point two million in Canadian. Uh, playing the Wheel of Fortune double times, pay three times, four times, five times. Yes, that's the name. That's of the name it. of the actual name. At Casino Woodbine. I think we had that story. Yep. And then we have online, April 28th, an online Power Bucks slot player. Power Bucks is Canadian. Okay. That's where the Power Bucks are. Uh, 1.281 million U.S. dollars, 1.7 Canadian dollars, playing Wheel of Fortune, and again, this is a new one to me, the Wheel of Fortune Elegant Emeralds slot machine.
1: All right. Never heard of that one before. Maybe it's just online.
4: It it could be in online so, Canada.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, so I'll, uh, I'll take a look for it. I'll take a look for it next time I'm in a casino and in
4: online here. But we have the Wheel of Fortune games, the Mega Bucks Power, always paying out big money. Got two stories to finish up with from the Arkansas Lottery.
1: Arkansas Lottery. Arkansas right.
4: Lottery. Arkansas Lottery just launched a new game called Lotto. L O T T O. Great name. I guess. yeah For a lottery. I remember Lotto in New York when it was, uh, when I was growing up. Well, they have their very first winner. Uh, $2,338,000. Wow. Lotto winner. That's not a lottery winner. The Lotto is the name of the game.
1: So, what is it? Like a you pick numbers kind of thing? Is it, it's not a scratch? Six thing.
4: main numbers. Okay. And you pick, you pick this, you pick your six numbers, and if they match, you win the jackpot.
1: Oh, all right.
4: Um, You know, this almost never happened, because when she won, she got uh, a congratulatory email from Jackpocket inviting her to claim her prize, which she disregarded. Okay,
1: this is through Jackpocket. This is through Jackpocket.
4: Okay. She disregarded that, thinking it was a fake email. You never know, so... Then they called from New York.
1: Nice. She didn't
4: answer the phone. Okay. She was hesitant because she thought that was a spam call, too. Mm-hmm. See, the spam guys are ruining everything for everybody yeah, here. Yeah. And then she actually heard the voicemail, thought about it, called back, and then she went in and cashed it. Great. Okay. But
1: according to... That's got to be difficult for lottery yeah. uh, offices. You know, you're, you're calling up, you're emailing, well, it, the you're trying to get... Well, the lottery office didn't call her. Or 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 whoever is involved yeah. with the lottery, you know, a lot of people are going to think, you yeah, know, it's it's not real.
4: See, that, that's the thing; I they got to figure out a way because I'm seeing a lot of people in the press releases saying they didn't want to answer the call because they didn't recognize the number, yeah, yeah. or they were unsure that it was real. There's got to be something that can be done that can make it a verified call that people yeah. will answer the phone. Otherwise, you could skip out because a lot of these times. When you have some of these prizes, the online versions of it have different time frames to go claim your prize. Mm -hmm. And you got to be aware of that, too. So congratulations. Very first winner for the Lotto jackpot, L-O-T-T-O. Last one. This is another one where we've actually had this story before in other states. Always check your ticket. A player bought a Powerball ticket, almost missed out on claiming $1 million. Because he forgot about it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, digging around a. Uh, so he forgot he bought a lottery ticket. Yeah, he and was, was digging start? around in his email or whatever he did because it was an online purchase. Okay. And in Arkansas, an online game like Powerball, you have 180 days only to oh, claim. Okay. I th- see. I thought it was a year. That's- I so. just that well, if it was a it was if it was actually a paper ticket, yes, you have a year. Oh, all right. Online in Arkansas, oh. you have 180 days. I didn't know there was a possible difference. There between is a them. huge. Okay. That's why I all just right. said before. Well. Make sure when you buy your ticket, whether it's online or whether it's retail, figure out the time frame if yeah. you actually do win to claim these tickets. Because wow. she claimed it, and she almost missed out on this. Wow. Okay. Yeah, the, you know, was, you know, it was one of those things. She came in a couple days under the t- the, uh, the deadline. So $1 million, check your tickets. Remember your tickets, first of all.
1: Yeah, and check how long you you have to cash them in. Yeah,
4: Exactly. Check out how long you have, whether it's online or retail, to go in and claim your prize. Uh, That's it for this week's beating the House. Again, press releases, keep them coming in. We're seeing a hell of a lot more coming in each and every day. And we love doing the segment because we love actually celebrating the wins.
1: Well, that'll do for us this week. We'll see you next time on the radio with House of Cards.